January is one of the most anticipated months on the calendar for wrestling fans because it's Raw Rumble Month where every year since 1987 we've waited to see who will be going to Wrestlemania to face the world champion. Well, in recent years anyway, the first couple of years there weren't really any consequences to the match if I'm being perfectly honest. But nevertheless, the annual Raw Rumble match is so exciting it even attracts lapsed fans who don't watch at any other time of the year. They come back to WWE because it's so damn exciting to watch the Raw Rumble. Only WrestleMania itself is a bigger draw on the wrestling calendar. We can all agree, however, that some Raw Rumble matches have been a total letdown. It's understandable, after nearly 35 years, there will have been some misses amongst the hits in terms of the superstars that have emerged victorious in everyone's favourite 30-person over-the-top rope battle royal. In this video, we'll take a look at 10 Raw Rumble winners that for one reason or another just didn't live up to the fans' expectations. At the 1999 Royal Rumble, WWE's one and only leader, Vince McMahon himself, let his ego run wild when he decided to win the match, apparently putting him on course to headline WrestleMania that year. Entering the contest at number two, McMahon spent most of the match outside the ring playing cat and mouse with Steve Austin, who himself entered at number one. That would have been fine, the feud between Austin and McMahon was white hot at the time, and the fans were rabid to see Stone Cold get his hands on the boss. However, McMahon winning the Id's higher match was a senseless waste. The Austin-McMahon feud would have advanced without this result. McMahon would never actually reach the main events of WrestleMania. Instead, he forfeited it to the corporate champion The Rock, who headlined it against Steve Austin instead. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big fan of Shinsuke Nakamura. I was a fan of his work in NXT, even though it was tepid in comparison to what he achieved back in New Japan. Check out his match versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 9 to see what Nakamura can really do when he's motivated. That being said, Nakamura's run on the main roster in WWE has been a colossal waste of his talent, and even when he was being pushed, it was an incredibly half-hearted one-handed push at best. Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble in 2018 should have been a joyous occasion and a sign that faith had been put in his abilities to hold a top-line feud going into the main event of WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. Unfortunately, what came next was a lacklustre feud with AJ Styles and a really, really disappointing match at WrestleMania 34 that was not even the main event. Styles and Nakamura had wrestled previously in Japan, and that contest was really good. It was thrilling, in fact, and so fans had expected the return match between Styles and Nakamura in WWE to be a five-star barn burner, no matter its position on the card, but for some reason, it just wasn't to be. The year was 1989, and the Royal Rumble was still in its infancy. Big John Studd won the second ever Royal Rumble match and he was perhaps the most forgettable winner in Rumble history. There was no major consequence attached to winning the match in 1989 
and Stud wouldn't even feature in a match on the WrestleMania card that year. Stud was a big guy, and at this point he was largely immobile. His contribution to the match largely involved him standing upright, and he kind of just ruined the last 10 minutes of the match just by being there. It was a head-scratching decision to make Stud the winner, considering WWE was brimming with talent at the time, and there were men who contributed to this match much more, Mr. Perfect being a good example. Stud would eventually quit the company by June 1989, just a few months later, rendering his win completely pointless. There's been a lot said about the morality of WWE's deal worth billions of dollars with the Saudi Sports Authority, and I'm not going to get into the weeds about that business decision here, but from a purely in-ring perspective, it also has a lot to answer for. Whether it's complete trash like the Brothers of Destruction versus DX, or The Undertaker versus Goldberg, and perhaps one of the most pointless worst decisions was the decision by WWE to disgrace the name of the Royal Rumble. They called it the greatest Royal Rumble. The only metric where that is true is the number of participants, where for the first time ever, there were 50 entrants in the Rumble match. This was a separate Royal Rumble from the main one that happens in January, and what was on the line during this match? It certainly wasn't a spot against the champion at a future event, or even for one of the world titles. WWE decided to produce a brand new title called the Greatest Royal Rumble Championship, and it was a total waste of everyone's time, much like this entire match. Braun Strowman would enter the match at 41 and go on to win the contest and the new belt. The new championship was immediately forgotten as WWE insulted the intelligence of everyone involved by deciding that the show existed in some kind of alternative universe. Sheamus had experienced a meteoric rise to prominence in WWE upon his debut in 2009, quickly becoming WWE Champion. He would fall down the card thereafter and spent the next few years working his way back up, winning the King of the Ring in 2010 and a run with the United States Championship. But by 2012, nobody wanted to see Sheamus win the Royal Rumble. When Sheamus threw Chris Jericho over the top rope, the fans were deflated. Jericho would have been a worthy winner to send those fans home happy, considering he was riding high having recently returned to the company with an exciting new persona. By comparison, Sheamus was in the middle of a boring white meat babyface run. To add insult to his win, Sheamus would go on to defeat Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania, who was technically a heel but not really, in just 18 seconds to win the world title. It was a terrible way to start off WrestleMania that year. After Hulk Hogan left WWE in 1993 to join WCW, Vince McMahon's instinct was to replace Hogan with another flag-waving superhero. In 1993, McMahon had tried his damnedest to get the fans to accept Lex Luger as their new All-American saviour. They gave Luger the nickname of All-American and sent him on a coast-to-coast -coast tour in a bus painted red, white and blue, called the Lex Express. Luger still only received a tepid response from the fans, and so they had him body slam the heaviest man on the roster, 
the evil Japanese slash Samoan Yokozuna on the deck of the USS Intrepid. WWE's blatant attempts to get Luger over with the fans proved laughable, and by January 1994, McMahon had almost entirely lost faith in him. The fans really wanted Bret Hart in their main events. During the Royal Rumble match, WWE booked a brilliantly choreographed finish when both Luger and Hart's feet hit the floor at the same time, declaring both men co-winners. Both men were granted title shots at WrestleMania 10. Thankfully, McMahon decided to back the right man to lead the company, as Luger would lose his match against world title holder Yokozuna, while Bret Hart would defeat him in the main event to become a two-time WWE champion. No doubt about it, Charlotte Flair is a supremely talented wrestler, certainly in the conversation for being one of the best women's wrestlers ever. But there are times when the company puts her on a pedestal. In 2020, the more deserving superstar was Shayna Baszler, who at the time was knee-deep in a feud with women's champion Becky Lynch, and she had a lot of momentum going into the Raw Rumble match. A win for Baszler on the night would have just made perfect sense. Instead, WWE opted for a swerve and went with their favourite daughter instead. Flair disappointingly eliminated Baszler. It would be her eighth elimination in the match. Talk about being booked strong. It would later become evidence that having Flair win was a flippant decision because WWE floundered when trying to write a coherent storyline for Flair going into WrestleMania. So Flair ended up having to face Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship instead. Shayna Baszler would still go on to wrestle Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, which would render Flair's win utterly pointless in every way. In 2005, Batista was ready to ascend to the top spot alongside the likes of Randy Orton and John Cena at the time, and his Royal Rumble victory just felt right. Fast forward nine years to 2014, and Batista had returned to WWE after a few years away. The company wanted to go with him versus champion Randy Orton for the WrestleMania 30 main event, and any other year, that might have washed. I mean, it would be a boring choice, but a choice nonetheless. However, unfortunately for Big Dave, Daniel Bryan was on the scene. The storyline at the time saw Bryan being held down on screen by the authority, who had determined him to be a B-plus player at best. The storyline was mirroring the real-life situation, as the fans wanted to see Bryan ascend to the main event and become champion, but WWE weren't so keen and had decided to go with Batista instead. At the Royal Rumble, Bryan wasn't even involved in the Royal Rumble match. Fans were hoping for a surprise entrance, but he just didn't show. Batista initially received a good reception when he entered the match, but once he won the match, the fans turned on him really quickly. For once, WWE would end up having to bow to pressure, and so one of the greatest WrestleMania storylines ever was concocted, where at WrestleMania 30, Bryan would defeat Triple H to earn a spot in the main event, eventually going on to win that match and the championship in the main event of WrestleMania by pinning Batista in an incredible feel-good moment for the fans. 
In the early 2010s, WWE was determined to make a dent in the Hispanic market and so Alberto Del Rio was hired and immediately pushed hard, leading to him winning the 2011 Royal Rumble. WWE decided to supersize this edition of the contest by having 40 men involved rather than the usual 30 and it was a mistake to be honest because it became an overbooked mess full of mostly losers who had no chance of winning. Del Rio winning the match was just the icing on the crap cake, essentially. Del Rio is actually a really good wrestler and he made for a pretty effective heel back in the day, but like so many people on this list, it's a case of good wrestler, bad timing. Del Rio just wasn't fully over with the crowd at the time and CM Punk would have probably made a better winner on the night. In 2015, the WWE Universe was still in the grips of Daniel Bryan mania. Fans expected Bryan, who had recently returned from neck surgery, to win the match from the 10th position and reclaim his former main event spot in the company. This is what the crowd came to see, and if it was to have happened, it would have sent them home happy. When Daniel Bryan was eliminated after only 10 minutes, nobody could believe what they were seeing the fans were gobsmacked. The crowd erupted into boos and jeers, sensing the inevitable when Roman Reigns entered the match at number 19. Nobody wanted Reigns to get this win. When the fans' second favourite wrestler, Dean Ambrose, entered the ring, the faith of the fans was temporarily restored, but it was really short-lived because he would be eliminated soon after. Reigns went on a spree, knocking everybody out, including the third favourite, Rusev, and then he went on to win the entire thing. Fans were so outraged by the outcome that they took to Twitter in their thousands using the hashtag CancelWWE Network. It was one of the worst pieces of booking WWE has ever come up with, and it only served to unite the audience against Roman Reigns. Let's hope then that this year's Royal Rumble matches are won by more deserving superstars.